Hey friends, thanks for joining in on another episode of Cast the Word. Today I want to talk to you on the topic, Passing the Baton. Thank you all so much for joining in on another episode today. I want to talk to you on the topic of passing the baton, and I'm going to read two scriptures today that will lay the foundation of where we're going today. And the first one is Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. And it says, After Moses, the Lord's servant, died, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and then the scripture goes on. The second scripture is Judges 1, verse 1. And that scripture says, After Joshua died, the Israelites asked the Lord, Who shall lead the invasion against the Canaanites and launch the attack? Notice the contrast between how the book of Joshua begins and how the book of Judges begins. Joshua begins by declaring that Moses is now dead, and the Lord said to Joshua, so on and so forth. But the book of Judges also starts with, a leader dying, but the contrast here is that the Israelites then turned to the Lord and said, who should lead us? So Joshua uh, starts with Moses dying and the Lord saying to Joshua, go forth, and Judges starts with Joshua dying, but the Israelites asking God, "Who's, who's our leader? Both of these highlight the death of an important leader to the early Israelites. Moses dies and the Lord said to Joshua, Joshua dies and the Israelites reach out to God asking, who's our leader? Spiritual leadership succession in the body of Christ is not only important, it's biblical. We see mentorship all throughout the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. We see Moses and Joshua, obviously, here. We see Elijah and Elisha. In the New Testament, we see Christ and the Twelve. We see Paul and Timothy. However, Joshua, in this circumstance that we're narrowing in on today, he didn't have a spiritual mentee. He didn't have someone to so, so-called pass the buck to. He didn't plan for spiritual succession. A blogger named Scott Risley from thebibleteachings.org talked about this topic, and I love what this blogger said, and I want to read a passage from the blog. He said, The text does not say, why God had not chosen another to fill Joshua's role. Maybe there was no one willing to step forward. Perhaps Joshua failed earlier in life by not selecting an apprentice as his successor. It's possible that God had other reasons for such a move as well. Whatever the reason, this lack of leadership becomes a recurring theme in the book of Judges. The author raises the issue in the first verse of the book and summarizes the catastrophic result in the last verse of the book, where in Judges 21-25 we read, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And we see this so much today that we need spiritual succession. We need leadership succession in the body of Christ. The question the Israelites asked God after Joshua's death was, Basically, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here, Lord? Who's going to lead us? And this is something the church must reflect on in this day. If we read the book of Judges, which I know I've talked a lot about in this podcast and in earlier episodes, we see the issues the young nation had. And I love pulling from the book of Judges because there's so much there for us to learn from in our present day. We see that they quickly turned to their pagan gods and turned away from God multiple times. 
And many scholars believe a mistake Joshua made was not lining up and preparing someone to take his place when he died. He didn't have a bench. He didn't have a succession plan. We must learn from these passages ourselves and take spiritual application out of this natural story in the Bible and think to ourselves, what kind of foundation are we laying for the next generation? You may say, well, I'm no leader. I'm not a pastor, so I don't have to worry about spiritual leadership succession. We don't have to worry about passing the baton. But let me encourage you in this episode today to think about this from a different perspective. Think about that again. Think about that question I just asked or that issue I just raised that I'm not a leader, I'm not a pastor, I'm not an evangelist or a teacher, so I don't have to worry about that. Think on that again. Every Christian represents the mercy and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to all humanity. Maybe not all humanity in the sense of everyone in the world, but you represent the mercy and grace of Christ in your social circles, with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers, whatever it may be. If you are a born-again Christian, you are a leader. You are to be light that can be seen and salt that can be tasted. What does that mean? That means wherever you go, you shine the light of Christ. Whatever you speak, you lay that salt down where people can taste that Christ is in you. This means that you walk the walk of faith. You talk the talk of faith. You think in faith and you hear in faith, right? 2 Corinthians 3 verses 2 through 3 says, You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. Paul wrote many epistles or letters to the early churches, and we read that throughout the New Testament. And as a child of God, you have your own letter that can be read of all men. That's your epistle, the the letter of your life, the letter of Christ written on your heart. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. The world is watching today. The world is reading how the church is going to react to certain circumstances. And And you are the church, right? We are the body of Christ. We are the church. And your testimony is detrimental to your witness. It's detrimental to your spiritual leadership. And what I mean by that is that we all go through storms in this life. We all have problems that we face. None of us go through this life with no scrapes or bruises along the way. We all have those seasons, those circumstances that we face in life that causes us to go through the storm. We all have those moments where the floods of this life are raging against us. We don't know at the time how we're going to make it through, but somehow, some way, we tend to make it through, don't we? It's it's hard. It may be hard. It may be hard with what you're going through right this very moment. And we may come through with those bumps and those bruises and that testimony visibly on us that shows where we just what we just came through. But we overcome. And this is a testimony for the world to hear. This is a testimony for your social circles to hear, for your friends, family, coworkers, whatever it may be. When the world looks at you and sees what you went through and asks you, 
how you made it through to the other side, you can say, let me tell you about a man named Jesus. Let me tell you how, yes, it was hard. Yes, it was difficult. Yes, there were moments where I questioned, am I going to make it through this thing that I'm being faced with? Am I going to be able to... um, you know, resolve this issue and be able to move forward. And, you know, what's my life going to look like on the other side of that problem? That's your epistle to be read of by all men. That's the letter that's that Christ has written on your heart. It may not seem like you're going to make it through, but in the name of Jesus, I declare that you will make it through. Whatever it is, you will make it through. And not only will you make it through, but I pray that that storm will be a testimony to help encourage someone else in your life. This is you, in the spiritual sense, passing the baton, sprinkling that seed wherever you go. We sprinkle the seed and then pray for the Holy Spirit to water that seed and pray that there's fruit that comes afterward. The seed that you drop and and that you scatter to the world, to to those that are around you, little by little, you may, may just have a little crack in the door that you can walk through and just sprinkle a little bit here and there. But eventually, I pray that that seed will take root and will grow in someone's life. We don't have to be pastors or leaders in the church to pass the baton. We've got to leave something for the next generation to hold on to. And this is a concern I personally have for the upcoming generation. When some of the old-timers, as I like to say, some of those that are years ahead of us in the faith, when those people pass on and be with the Lord, it's up to the younger generation to rise up and to take the mantle, to rise up and to catch that runner in that relay race and grab that baton and carry that baton in our journey and and look backward and see, you know, is someone coming up behind us? Is there another runner coming up? Can I pass that baton to them? That's what we need to think about in the spiritual sense. We can't expect someone else to fill the gap when when the older generation passes on to be with the Lord. We can't, you know, rely on somebody else to fill that gap, fill that prayer gap that may be left or whatever it may be. Each of us has a role to to play, to be proactive and determined that we will take that baton. And and not only are we going to take it, but we're going to run with it. And then we're going to pass it on to someone else um, that's behind us. I think of this from a parental standpoint. It's important for parents to set strong, godly examples for their children. So when they grow up, they can reflect on the leadership that was within the home. See, it's not just, you know, in the church body, in the church sanctuary, you know, the church government. It's not just that type of leadership I'm talking about. I'm talking about familial leadership. I'm talking about um, raising your children up and setting those godly examples so they have something of an experience to hold on to when they grow up, and then they can continue perpetuating that to their children and so on and so forth. Grandparents today— Grandparents have a part to play in that role as well. Not only did you raise your children, but now you have grandchildren. And sometimes, you know, I learned this with my children. We make mistakes the first child that comes our way, don't we? We the first, If you're a parent of multiples, you realize by the second or third child, you know, you realize things that you messed up on and you try to fix that. And I'm sure, you know, I'm not a grandparent, but I can only imagine maybe that same sense is, it lies with grandparents as well that, you know, you can give that wisdom to your children as they're raising their kids and say, you know, this is something I messed up on raising you. You know, I'm just playing hypotheticals here. I don't know. But, and not only that, but then as you have those experiences with your grandchildren, continue sprinkling that seed there too. Grandparents have a, pl- have a role to 
play in the family as well in regards to building up younger generations to be strong and to be courageous in the Lord. If you have no children, then there's family, friends, co-workers, you name it, people on the street, people in the store, whatever it may be, any opportunity where a door's open that you can sprinkle that seed. We all have a part to play is what I'm trying to get at here. We all have a part to play in perpetuating the kingdom of God. If we don't do it, then what will the church look like a hundred years from now when we've all passed on and gone on to be with the Lord? What are we leaving, not just the next generation, but generations to come? Our grandchildren's generation and great-grandchildren's generation, a hundred years from now, what will the church look like at that point? we got to think about these things. What kind of legacy are we going to leave to the next generation of the church? We tend to worry too much about other legacies and lasting impressions we leave on this earth when we go on and when we pass on, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with making sure that things are prepared and that you have a legacy built, and of course, all of us have that desire to aspire for growth in our in our natural lives and making sure that those things are in place to lay a foundation and lay a legacy up for our family. But as Christians, we cannot neglect the spiritual legacy that we leave either. And that legacy is really nothing more and nothing less than the cross, and nothing more and nothing less than Christ. And just being able to spread that news and, and drive that into the hearts of our, of our family and our friends. There's nothing important. There's nothing more important, I should say, that I can leave my children than the understanding that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. When you feel down, Jesus is the answer. When you feel like there is no hope, Jesus still calls the storm to rest. When you feel like you're in the fire, he's there with you. He's that fourth man in the fire. Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. We must pass that baton on. We must pass that faith on to other people in our lives. Even our youth has a role to play in this. If you're young and you're listening and you think, man, this episode is geared towards adults, don't necessarily think that. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. If you are a young person listening, then consider that your conduct is an example to your peers. The way you talk, the way you walk, the way you handle conflicting situations, whatever it may be, you are an example to your peers. You are a godly example. If you're a young person in Christ today, you have a role to play as well. You have a opportunity to take that baton and not only take it and run with it, but pass it on to your friends, to your family. Um those that are around you. If you're an adult, middle-aged, or elderly, our conduct is equally as important too. We all have a role to play in passing that baton. No matter your age, no matter your gender, no matter your color or creed, everybody has a role to play in the kingdom of God. The most inclusive kingdom of all is the kingdom of God. Amen? So again, we don't have to be leaders in the church. We don't have to be a pastor. We don't have to be an elder to consider the importance of passing that baton on. Moses trained up Joshua with the Lord's guidance. So when he left, there was someone to pick up where he left off and be able to keep on moving forward. We've got to endeavor to do the same. It doesn't have to be a mentor or a mentee relationship, though it can be. 
We can just simply be a walking testimony of the Lord. We can simply share the gospel and declare that the Lord is good for all to hear. But with this requires a sense of boldness, and it requires a mindset of leadership. Even though you may not directly be in a leadership role, like I've been laying the foundation up to this point, we all are leaders in the kingdom. We all are leaders to the world. We are all joint heirs with Christ. We will all one day rule as kings and priests in the, in the Millennium Kingdom. So we are all, in a sense, called to be a leader. Maybe not in the leader of managing things or governing things, but we are all leaders in, in the kingdom. And if we're all children of God, then I believe the Holy Spirit will equip us when our time is right to have that boldness, to be an example to the world, to have that boldness to rise up and say, I don't agree with that, or to rise up and say, I know you're hurting, I know you're struggling, I know you're depressed, I know you just lost a loved one, but if I can offer you some encouragement, let me do that. And that's an opportunity to spread the word right there. And today, the world and the church alike needs leaders in the pews, not just behind the pulpit, not just in the choir, not just in the back office. We need leaders in the pews to be able to stand up in love and to be able to stand up in faith and in boldness to set an example for those around us. It is important for us to pass the baton to the next generation so that the church can continue growing and developing. In a relay race, one runner passes the baton to the next runner, and we as the church We've got to do the same. We must be strong in the Lord so that we have something to pass on. If we're just going through the motions, then we will not have anything for the next generation to grab onto. If we don't take this church thing seriously, if we don't take this relationship with Christ seriously, then what are we really, what kind of spiritual legacy are we leaving for the next generation? We must be quick to rise up in the Lord, especially now especially in the world we live in today, and spread the gospel and help grow the kingdom of God. We are leaders in the kingdom, and we must not shy away from that responsibility. So I felt like this was a good opportunity to encourage everybody that you are a leader. You are, we are leaders in Christ. Whether you're in the pulpit or in the pew, we're all leaders in Christ. While we may not be pastors, teachers, or evangelists, all of us have that duty, and we, mun- we must not sit back hoping for someone else to do it. Each of us are carrying our own spiritual baton, and each of us have a role to play in spreading that out and to pass, pass that baton to somebody else. If you have someone in your life that needs mentorship, then I encourage you to mentor them. If you pray about it and you feel like the Lord's tugging your heart to reach out to somebody, do it. Take that step. Take that leap of faith, as, as the old proverb says. Take that leap of faith and be able to have the boldness to do it. It's, not, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be awkward. You may feel out of place, especially if you're kind of an introvert and it's out of your comfort zone. But take that leap of faith and do it for the glory of God. Because you don't know what kind of role you may play in that person's future. You don't know what kind of example, just one conversation, how you could turn somebody around with the help of the Holy Spirit and help them see you know, what they need to see at that moment. If you're someone that needs a mentor, then be quick to ask for one. I remember when I came back to the Lord as an adult, I, you know, me and my wife joined a church, and I quickly became friends with people in my church, and I treated them almost as a spiritual sponsor. 
and kind of like how an alcoholic may do that in an AA meeting, you know, how they have those sponsors to help them throughout, you know, their, um, their journey to recovery. I treated it the same way in the spiritual sense. I found someone that I could look up to, someone who was ahead of me in their race with God, someone who may have been years ahead of me, you know, not just naturally, but, you know, spiritually. And I, I use that as an opportunity to have somebody I could talk to, somebody I could share things with and share struggles with. That's important in in the body. That's why it's so important to be planted in a local church because that's your opportunity to connect with people and to share things with people, you know, whatever you're comfortable with doing, but just having somebody that you can talk to to help build you up in the faith. And while I'm definitely still open and accepting of spiritual men, men, mentorship, at this point in my life, I also want to be a mentor for someone else. I want my testimony to help encourage someone else in the Lord. Too often as the body, we shy away from telling our stories, and I think that's a disservice to other brothers and sisters in Christ. Why? Because we need to hear each other's story. We need that because, to me, they're faith builders. At least they are to me, maybe not to some other people, but hearing stories from other uh, sisters and brothers in Christ of struggles they went through or whatever it may be, that helps build my faith. Hearing what God did for someone else and how God helped carry someone through their storm reminds me that they serve the same God I serve, and if God helped them, then God can help me too. The body of Christ has too many people that are hurt and broken right now, and we've perfected the art of putting on that smile and making it seem like that everything's okay. But we need each other. Iron sharpens iron. We need people who we can trust, and now at this point in my life, I want to be that somebody for someone. I want to help somebody else. I still need help myself. Don't get me wrong. I still need mentorship myself. I haven't reached the pinnacle of my Christian walk, and I'm not advocating I have in any sense. You know, I need mentorship too, but I'm also at a point where I want to rise up and help somebody else. I don't want to just sit and worry about myself. Yes, I need help. Yes, I need to grow. Yes, I need to to um, to continue developing and maturing in Christ. By no means am I saying I don't. We all need that. But there are certain points in my life that, and, and in our lives, where we can say, okay. I need help, yes, I need to continue growing, and I will do that, but let me do something to help someone else too. Amen? I've become more focused on helping people lately because helping people, I've found, helps me. It encourages me. My point to be quick to mentor and be quick to accept mentorship is is kind of what I'm driving, driving home here is that we all need that type of relationship. Church is a great venue, I should say, to help us connect with other people. Amen. All of us have a role to play in this endeavor of passing the baton and helping others be prepared in this in this journey of life with Christ by your side is what we should all strive to do. Yes, we need help, but if you're in a position in your life where you can help others, then rise up in boldness and do it. If you're someone right now that needs help, where you say, you know, that I'm hurt, I'm, I'm depressed, I'm stuck, I'm going through a season in my life, I'm, I feel like I'm in the middle of the storm, and I feel like I've been sitting there forever, and I call out to God, and I can't hear Him. I look to my right hand, and I can't find Him. You know, Job went through the same thing. He was in a a terrible storm of it in his life. But, you know, if if you're in that point right now and you have nobody, reach out to me. Cast the word at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to talk to you. If there's anything I can do, you know, I'm nobody. I have nothing to to 
point you to other than Christ, but I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to help you because I've been through storms in my life as well. And, you know, it never seems like you're going to get through it. It always seems like the night is darker than the day, you know, or the night is longer than the day. But you will get through it in Jesus' name. I believe it. You will get through it. But if you have no one to talk to and you're comfortable reaching out, I would love to hear from you. Cast the word at gmail.com. That goes for everybody. Let me just add a shameless plug here, if I may. Um, I know that there are many people that have listened to this uh, these podcast episodes, and let me just say that um, the one thing about podcasts that's so hard uh, to continue feeling like people are with you and that people are hearing you, you know, it's just the distance. You know, I'm sitting here behind a mic in front of a computer and you're on that side listening to it with headphones on or on your computer or whatever. And we have, we don't have an opportunity to engage one another and that's hard, you know? Um, but, uh, I would love to hear from you guys. So if, if anybody ever wants to reach out, my email is always open. I will read your email or reply to your email. So there's my shameless plug for today. Um, my email is open for you is what I'm trying to say. Reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. But going back to my point here, because um, this is something that is just so important right now for us, is just to think about that relay race. Think about that baton. Think about grabbing the baton and passing it on to other generations. Whether you're in an actual leadership position or not is irrelevant, because we all have people around us that desperately need to hear the gospel of Christ. I know I do. And it's hard to just go out there and, and talk about it. It's it's sometimes uncomfortable. It's sometimes awkward. And and there are often times in an environment where that type of conversation is not welcomed. But there are opportunities where a door gets cracked a little bit. And you need to we all need to pray for that spiritual discernment and that help from the Holy Spirit to know, can I go in it? Do you know what can I say? I, this is my moment of opportunity. This is my chance right here to do something, to say something. God, help me to say the right thing, and that's what I pray when those opportunities open up. Because the last thing I want to say when somebody's being vulnerable and opening up and giving me an opportunity to share something, the last thing I want to do is say something that would steer them farther away from God. And I know that's a lot uh, something that a lot of people struggle with is when that door is open, what can I say? You know, I don't want to be responsible for pushing someone farther away from God, not intentionally, but just by not saying the thing that they need to hear, the exact wording of whatever it is they need to hear. But I pray God will help us through that, and God knows our hearts, and God, uh, I believe, will help put His words in our mouth so that we can say what needs to be said at the right opportune time. So I pray that this message has blessed you guys today. We now have a patron page open on our Podbean site, casttheword.podbean.com. You'll see it in the top, a button that says be a patron or become a patron. If you listen on your smartphone and you go to Cast the Word on the Podbean app um, and you click on our profile, you'll see a be a patron there as well. That is just a monthly contribution to help us continue spreading the word to all that's willing to hear. We have tier level uh, donation amounts as low as $3 a month up to $50 a month. Um, so if you feel led to do that, you can do that there. But again, I'd love to hear from you guys. Reach out to me, casttheword at gmail.com. I pray that this message bless you today. I pray that it encourage you today, and I pray that it open all of our eyes to 
recognize the importance of spiritual leadership in passing the baton to the next generation, not just to the next generation, but to our neighbors as well. Stay strong in the faith, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.